today is Good Friday in the annual church calendar. We celebrate the death of our Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, uh, his absorbing the wrath that our sins deserved. Uh, it's a huge day. It's a huge week. Easter is just a few days away this weekend. And so we turn our attention today on the podcast to the resurrection of Christ. And uh, this question is from a listener named Allison. Pastor John, hello, and thank you for this podcast. Thanks to the death and resurrection of Christ, we have the hope of physical resurrection to come, an amazing reality, uh, but one off in the future. It seems that the Apostle Paul also talks about some ways in which we now participate in the resurrection of Christ. Can you explain these to me? Particularly, I'm thinking of when Paul says that we can know the power of Christ's resurrection in our lives today. That's Philippians 3.10. And then he also says that God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's in Ephesians 2.6. So can you explain both of these implications of Easter for our lives today? Well, the effect of Christ's resurrection on our present life as Christians is, Tony, Allison, immeasurably (laughs) great. Yes. I mean, none of us has exhausted the possibilities of what God may be willing to do in us and through us because of the power of the resurrection of Christ in us. And I say that because Paul said in Ephesians 3.20, God is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think according to the power at work within us. And he identified that power in chapter 1 this way. The immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead. So there's the connection between 320 and 119. The power that makes it possible for us to do far more abundantly than we even dream we could is the very power of God that he worked when he raised Christ from the dead. So Allison's question is like plugging an electric cord into a socket with 10,000 volts. So how does the Bible spell this out. It starts by teaching us that what happened to us in our conversion to Christ, in our new birth, is that by faith we were spiritually united to Jesus Christ. God established a bond, a union, a living, unbreakable attachment to Jesus Christ. And the point of this union, this bond, was that Christ's death and Christ's resurrection would count as our death and our resurrection. And the key text is Romans 6 5. If we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. And so if you ask, how do we experience this union with Christ? Because I can imagine there would be listeners who say, whoa, (laughs) okay, you say we're united. I don't know where to look in my experience for that. 
If you, if you ask, how do I personally experience a union with Christ in his death, in his resurrection? The biblical answer is by faith in Christ. When the Holy Spirit brings about your embrace of Christ, your believing in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord and treasure of your life, that is his way of establishing the union between you and the risen Christ. We see this in, for example, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. So there's the union. I have been united with Christ in his dying. It is no longer I who live, but Christ, the risen Christ, who lives in me. And now here's, here comes the conscious experience of that, as Paul describes it. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. So by faith, the cord of our lives is plugged in to the 10,000-volt death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. That secures our future resurrection. If the Spirit of Him, this is uh, Romans 6, uh, no, Romans 8, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to our mortal bodies. So if Christ is in you now, the risen Christ dwelling in you now, you will be raised from the dead. So here are five present implications or experiences that we can know here and now because of our thousand-volt union with the risen Christ and the certainty of our own resurrection. What a difference it makes in our hearts that we can be certain that our own future resurrection is going to happen. So here's number one. There is a new security, a new confidence of hope in our lives. Christians are in a profound sense immortal. We will never see the full destructive power of death because Jesus said, this is John eleven twenty five, I am the resurrection and the life. Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Amazing. <laughs> oh, what a promise. Yes. The effect of this certainty in the future is to make our present experience in this world joyful. A joyful freedom from fear and a full security and confidence and hope. Peter said, this is first Peter one three, God caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. All of us know there's a world of difference between living right now in despair and uncertainty and insecurity and fear and, on the other hand, living right now in security and confidence and hope and joy and freedom from fear because we share an indestructible life, namely the resurrection life of Jesus. So that's the first effect of Christ's resurrection on our present experience. Here's number two. We have a new, unshakable, glorious identity. The world looks at you, me, 
after our conversion to Christ, and what do they see? <laughs> Nothing very spectacular. <laughs> you're not you're not a hundred feet tall. Your true life is hidden. Son of God. I mean, Son of God, that's like a galaxy. <laughs> you your true life is hidden. Listen to Colossians three three. You have died, and your life is hidden with Christ, the risen Christ, in God. That's where you are. That's who you are. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you, the real you, will appear. That is, will be finally manifest to the world. You will be a hundred feet tall with Him in glory. So in union with the risen Christ, you are not a mere mortal. Your true identity as a child of God is hidden with Christ in God, and it will be manifest in spectacular glory at His coming. Number three, in union with the risen Christ, we have a new, living, present friend helping us all the time. Jesus said to his disciples before he died, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you, John 14, 18. And at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, the very last verse, Behold, I will be with you always to the end of the age. So we experience the presence of the risen Christ by His Spirit, the Holy Spirit, when John said in John 7, 39, uh, before Jesus died and rose, John, describing the situation, said, The Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified, not yet raised and glorified. Now, I think what he meant was not that the Holy Spirit was not at work in the world before the resurrection of Jesus, but that the Spirit had not been revealed or experienced or known as the Spirit of the risen Christ Himself. That's what's new. That's our Christian privilege. The risen Christ is in us, with us, as our friend, our helper, all the time, all the way home. Number four, in union with the risen Christ, there is new power for defeating sin and walking in righteousness. And the key, the key text is, is Romans 6. Indeed, uh, just about the whole chapter and the first part of chapter 7 is all about this. Here's verse 4. Just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too walk in newness of life right now. Not just later. Verse 13. Do not present your members, that is your tongue, your arms, your legs, your sexual organs, your eyes, your ears. Don't present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God, here it is, as those who have been brought from death to life. And here's Romans 7, verse 4. You belong to him who has been raised from the dead in order that we may bear fruit for God. So in union with the risen Christ, 
we have a new power for holiness and love. And here's, here's number five, the last point. And, and there could be lots more. <laughs> this is a rich, rich, I mean, we're plugged into yes. mega voltage here. So number five, in union with the risen Christ, there is a new power to suffer with Jesus. Allison asked about this one in particular. Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Why? Here, here comes the answer. That I may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. We have power to suffer well with Jesus. A new security and confidence of hope, a new unshakable glorious identity, a new present friend helping us all the time, all the way home, a new power for holiness and love, a new power to suffer with Jesus. And so we say this Easter season, don't we, Tony? The Lord is risen. Mm, mm, He is risen indeed. And so in him are we. Amen. Thank you, Pastor John. Everyone have a wonderful weekend enjoying what Christ has done for us and in us through his resurrection. We'll see you on Monday.